Hi, I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Madeline Martin. Madeline is a New York Times, USA Today, and international best-selling author of historical fiction and historical romance, which if you have been around the show for a bit, you know that historical fiction is a fan favorite around here. I recently read Madeline's The Last Bookshop in London and was blown away by the story and how reading brought the characters together. She has a new book coming out in August titled The Keeper of Hidden Books, set in Warsaw. That sounds incredible. You can pre-order it now. I am so honored to have Madeline on the show today. Welcome to the show, Madeline. Thank you so much for having me here. You are very welcome. So let's start today. I'd love to know a little bit more about you as a writer. So did you always know you wanted to be a writer? So I always wanted to be a writer and the way that somebody kind of wants to be like a Hollywood star where it feels completely unattainable. Like, um, you know, so when I was, when I was, I, I think like for me, I've always written and I've never really thought that I could actually be an author. So like when I went to college, for example, um, I graduated with a business degree in um, business administration with minors in economics, political science and accounting. Oh, wow. Really <laughs> nothing having to do with writing whatsoever. And I was a business analyst for about 16 years before um, our work kind of dried up and I got laid off and I've been writing that entire time, Um, you know, like writing six to eight romances a year while working a full-time job and having two kids that are in everything. And so after I got laid off, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to try writing full-time. And that's when I actually wrote The Last Bookshop in London. So, um, so you know, it's something I've always wanted to do, but it never really felt like it would be a realistic job for me to actually have. So this is literally living the dream. (laughs) That is so awesome. And for those 16 years, you were really just honing your skill, it sounds like. So you never let it go, which is awesome. You persevered. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I was definitely determined. I don't know. It's like very stubborn determination. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I imagine it was different enough from your everyday work that you could really come home and switch gears and still get into it where you're not so burnt out from the day being in the same topic of what you're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah. I worked with like numbers and computer coding and things like that. So coming home and having, it was almost like, it was almost like my downtime actually was writing, kind of getting to crawl inside my head and live in these stories that were, you know, just coming up. So it was pretty neat. That's so fun. So how do you get the ideas for your books? Oh gosh, inspiration can really come from anywhere. Um, Because you know, the inspiration doesn't necessarily happen for the story. It could also just be a character that sort of pops into my head. Like you could like seeing somebody that walks by and they they like, you know, are like rubbing their fingertips or something. And you're like, oh, why are they doing that? And then it starts kind of, what if they blah, blah, blah. And you have this entire story for this person. Or, you know, I'm, I'm a total history nerd. And so I love to read historical articles. And you never know what you can find in some of these historical articles, which is how I got the inspiration for my last book, The Librarian Spy. Um, I I read an article that was talking about these American librarians that were sent into neutral countries during World War II. And um, and these poor librarians received no training whatsoever before going on these missions. 
And um, in Lisbon, where I set the book, Ian Fleming had based his Casino Royale there. So that'll give you an idea of how consummate these spies were. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. And this poor hapless librarian is kind of like sent out among the wolves. And, and I thought, you know, if I was ever going to be a spy, that would probably be me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I would certainly be no suave, like easy lying kind of spy. So um, you never really know where you're going to get ideas from. Um, but But once you get an idea, it's like it blossoms into this whole world. That's great. I don't consider myself much of a creative person, quote unquote. So I love hearing about that process. So thank you. Although I have to say doing podcasts is some pretty creative work. So don't discount yourself. Yes, I think my avenue of creative, right? I'm thinking it's like art and writing. And those have never really been my forte. I was I played the piano as a kid. So I always said that was my form of art. And after motherhood, I, this is where I'm at now. I, I'm actually a physical therapist by trade. Yeah. And I've taken the last five years to stay at home with the kids. But I was I was feeling that itch to find something creative again. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what have I? I've always been a reader. But what have the past five years of motherhood books have really been my journey? Oh, I love <laughs> and, that. And so and that's why I was like, you know what? I, this idea of the podcast was it was bumbling around in my head for about eight months or so. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to oh, go for wonderful. it. Good for you. I yeah. love it. <laughs> so my kids are sleeping through the night. I can use my brain power a little bit better now. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you can actually sleep, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it and we'll go with it and we'll see what happens from it. And uh, my husband's in the military, so we move a lot. So that's another part of going into a clinic and getting a job every time yeah. we move and change duty stations. I can do it. It can be done. But especially with small kids, the, you know, the logistics of getting them organized too. Yeah. I'm, I'm an army brat. So I completely understand. We moved all the time and my mom yes. had very similar struggles and everything else. So I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. So this just works. It fits in and I can take it and transport it. So we'll see where it, where it takes us. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so once you get the idea, I can tell by the books I've read of yours that you do a lot of research. (laughs) So what does that look like? So um, I also am a huge research nerd and I can, I mean, honestly, I think that I would probably research forever if I didn't have deadlines for my books, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I, I limit myself to about 10 months of research. Um, I hadn't really kept track until my last book that I wrote um, the keeper of hidden books, the one that comes out in August And that one set in Warsaw. And I ended up having over a hundred nonfiction books. And I I filled up over 15 spiral bound notebooks full of handwritten notes. Um, And, you know, it's so hard because you have to really cherry pick which ideas um, go in there because it's such a wealth of knowledge. And, um, and still I could have researched like months more, but um, so usually I, I really like to see a lot of firsthand accounts that I can get because I really love stories of everyday people, people yeah. who don't anticipate that they're going to do extraordinary things. And then they really do. And they they find the strength sort of buried deep inside of them that they don't even sometimes they don't even know that they're expending because, you know, in their heads, they think, oh, I'm just doing what needs to be done. And yeah. so I love those everyday people. I love the everyday details. And um, and I do a ton of research to really try to glean as much of that as possible. Um, and I also do enjoy going to, well, I mean, who doesn't enjoy travel? But but I do <laughs> like to go to the places that I write about because it almost takes like a black and white picture and really paints it with this vibrancy that comes that makes the entire story come to life in my head. 
So um, when I wrote The Librarian Spy, I was able to go to um, Lyon and to Lisbon, which is the two cities where the book is set. And it's funny because my daughter went with me, my oldest came with me to Lyon and my husband came with me to Lisbon. And when I told my mom I was writing a book about Poland, she said, oh, dibs. So she came <laughs> with me to Warsaw for two weeks. And I actually just got back from England um, where I brought my youngest daughter with me where I'm working on my next book idea. <laughs> this really is the dream. Like, Yes, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I, I am so incredibly grateful. I mean, every day it's like I have to pinch myself and, and be like, oh, my gosh, this is this is real life. This is amazing. So when you go on these travel trips, and I know I've had the privy of we've emailed a little bit back and forth, do you get to do some enjoyment and exploring yourself as well, even though you're researching for your book? I mean, all the things that I eat and drink and see are definitely, <laughs> definitely like the frosting on top of that cake. But, you know, usually when I have somebody come with me, I try to give at least one day for us to go and do something fun for them because otherwise it really is. <laughs> it's like nonstop tours, nonstop museums. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I was um, writing The Librarian Spy, I went to the Resistance Museum in Lyon, France, and I was there for so long that the security guards started <laughs> to follow me around. So when I tell you that I can spend hours in a museum, wow. I mean, literally hours in a museum. And so, you know, my family who has to follow me around while I'm doing these things, I try to carve out, okay, there's one day, what's one major thing that you want yeah. to do. So like with England that we just got back from, my daughter really wanted to go to the Warner Brothers Harry Potter studios. So, so we went, it was so <laughs> much fun. It was, it was really, really neat because it really goes into the making of the films and, and all the details. It was really cool. Yeah. If you listeners, I started following Madeline on Instagram and she posts <laughs> all of these pictures and I was living vicariously through her trip. So I'll put the link <laughs> in the show notes. You could follow her there and you could see her travels because it was really fun to see all of that. Thank you. We lived overseas in Sicily um, a few years back. Oh, I bet that was beautiful. And it was always in the back of my mind, like, I'd love to go to Harry Potter. I'd love to go to Harry Potter. But our kids were really little at that oh, time. Yeah. Like it probably, they wouldn't have even, we took them to Disney Paris, yeah. <laughs> which I felt really grateful to do because it was a small enough park, I think, for the, the ages of our children right. at the time. But Harry Potter, we never made it. So it's still on my bucket list item. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Paris is really cool. I actually, we were living in Germany when it opened. So we actually oh, cool. got to go there the first year that it was open, which was really cool. Oh, that is so fun. I loved living over there. It was really oh. an experience. And talk about travel, the ease of travel. That was great. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. So when in this research process, so you do 10 months of research and then you're traveling within that time, are you also writing the story at that point? Or are you really just gathering information I'm really just gathering information. So um, I'm a pretty quick writer, especially because I've written, I think it's like 35 books that I've written at this point. Yes. So I can write very quickly, thank God. <laughs> and um, so once I have enough information and I've gotten a chance to travel, traveling is kind of like the last step. Once I've traveled, that's when I can really start to compose everything because I feel like it just fills in all the gaps and puts everything sure. fully together. And so, um, so I, I draft the character charts for all of the characters. If it's a character that has more than just a couple of lines, they have a whole backstory, they have a whole character arc, they have all these details that that nobody may even ever know about, but I do, and that's what matters. Sure. And um, 
And that's why the research is so important because you're going to have different people living in different places and different times are going to have different attitudes and reactions and mentalities. So one of the examples that I like to give about that is with the last bookshop in London, when Buckingham Palace gets bombed. Now, um, you know, if the White House were to be bombed, America would be like, we want retaliation, we want vengeance, it would be like, immediately let's attack. But when Buckingham Palace got bombed, the Queen said, well, now I can look the East End in the face, the East End being the part of of, of London that was hit by the Blitz first. And the people said, look at the King and Queen, they're being bombed just like we are. So this Blitz that was supposed to really deteriorate the morale of, of the people in England really did quite the opposite and brought them together. But it's that mentality, it's that that English mentality that is so different from my own American mentality. And and knowing the kind of un, like understanding that mentality of all the different cultures really makes me make the character a more believable character. And so so that's why I have to do all the research before I can even make my characters. So once I have the character done, then I go through the actual physical like the actual events that happened in history because I am very much a stickler for following <laughs> historical accuracy. And, and really, it's almost like those characters' reactions to what's happening and how that impacts their life is ultimately what creates that plot. And then I write the book anywhere from one to three months it takes to write the book, wow. depending on okay. what my deadline looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I'm just sitting here in awe of all that goes into writing a book. I, ha- I mean, I had a feeling, right, of what I'm reading, and I almost feel like it's birthing a baby, right? It's this yes. you're putting your heart and soul into this project um, Absolutely. For a year, a year and a half, it sounds yeah. like. And then yeah. I'm imagining even the publishing process is that much more. Right, because then you have lengthy. the edits and you have to like read through it all. And, and I mean, even when you get the, the galleys, which is sort of like the last step when you're technically not supposed to make changes, but we all kind of do. Um, <laughs> even even then, like I'll read through it one last time and, and I'm like making little corrections and everything here and there and tweaks and yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's really incredible. Thank you for sharing that process. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So when I was reading the last bookshop in London, I could tell that you were a reader as well. Just the way you talked about reading and your characters loved reading. And obviously, it, you'll listeners, if you have not read it yet, it's the last bookshop in London. So reading is a central theme of the book. So that's why I was like, I have to reach out to her. She's a reader as well. So have you always been a reader? So the funny thing is, I like to say that I've always been a reader, but apparently my mom said that they had to pay me a nickel a page when I was a little girl to ever read a book, which I don't remember that. (laughs) From what I remember, I have always been a reader. Um, One of my favorites was... um, Laura Ingalls Wilder, her little house in the big wood series. Like I loved Laura. I wanted to be so bad. I wanted to be Mary. Like Mary was like so wonderful and perfect. And I was so like unequivocally Laura. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even then you were doing your character study, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) You were destined. Yes. (laughs) What type of books do you like to read today? Um, you know, I love, I love pretty much anything. Um, I, and and I actually am part of a book club, which is interesting because it's like, you have this wonderful opportunity to read books that you might never read otherwise. Um, so, you know, I, I do prefer to go toward historical. I, I'm, I've always been a historical fiction fan. I love a good thriller. Um, but I also just love general fiction as well. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, and and I love the classics, of course, obviously, um, 
So, you know, it's, I'm pretty much an anything goes. And in fact, I even love a good zombie apocalypse from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Something to take us out of reality, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you, when you're in the process of researching and writing your book, are you able to read other books? Are you still reading at that point? Or oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and actually the funny thing is, um, is that I, I listen to most of my books and that's because, um, I have to do so much reading for my research that I don't often have time to sit down and read a book, but then also mom life. And I know, you know what I'm talking about with this. Yeah. There's just no time to sit down. As soon as I sit down and open my book, somebody immediately needs me. Um, yeah. but at least I can pop in and, um, an earbud and I can be doing laundry or I can be, you know, cooking or picking up the house. And then also I'm at that point where my daughters um, are 17 and 13 and my 17 year old doesn't have her driver's license yet. I have three more months. And so (laughs) until then I'm driving. I mean, I seriously think I drive like three to four hours a day. And so once I drop them off, I can put an audio book on and I can listen while I'm driving. So I do a lot of audio (laughs) books. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is what, you know, our time is finite, right? And so having the ability to multitask is how I fit in as well. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, when I'm listening to these books, I really, I've never really been influenced by what I'm reading as far as incorporating into my current manuscript. Um, I've always been able to really sort of um, separate that in my mind. So, so I've, I've always felt comfortable being able to read um, while writing. And I'm, I'm really grateful too, because that would really be awful if I felt like I couldn't read while I was right, you know, working. <laughs> I'm just, I was imagining back when I was in PT school, I really shut off. I had to shut off reading leisure books. Yeah. Because otherwise I would not, I wouldn't study. I would want to read the leisure book. <laughs> and so for me during the semester, I would just be like, nope focus solely on school. So I didn't know if writing a book was similar where I just had right. to, because I would be, be wanting to be pulled somewhere else. And I'm like, no, I need to focus. And right. I need to- <laughs> well, you know, and one of the great done. things too, is I also get asked to do endorsement reads, which is wonderful because I get to read some of these books that don't come out for six months or sometimes even a year. And, and it's so cool to have everybody be like, oh, I can't wait to read this book. And I'm thinking like, I already read it. Oh, that's really great. You can be the hype girl in the background. It's like, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see anybody posting, I'm like, I already read it. And it was so, so good. You have to check it out. Pre-order it. <laughs> oh, that's that's another part of the dream, right? That's so cool. Oh, I know. I love it is really cool. <laughs> So, well, today I feel very honored. I also asked you if you would do a book flight for us. And I know that you mentioned that there are books that have stuck with you and that have lingered. And I personally love books like that where I'm, because then I'm kind of in my mind, right? I'm taking the fictional piece to the day-to-day monotony and I'm still thinking about it and marinating over the story. So I I love those as well. (laughs) Um, So what is the first book of the book flight we'll be talking about today? So, um, so these are books that I've read like within like the last like six months. And and like you were saying, like that lingering feeling is just so wonderful where it's like, you have like this, like after book glow and these three books really did completely leave me with this. Um, so one of them is the house of Eve by Sadiqa Johnson. And that one just recently came out. Oh gosh. It was so good that I was supposed to be working on the airplane when I was flying to England. And I ended up listening to the book the entire time. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I did it on Audible and the narration also was really just exquisite. So yeah, absolutely. 
note for you listeners, this is, it could be a really good audiobook option because I know I've had people that have told me audiobooks don't work for me. And I'm like, it, I think it's very similar to books that I think you just haven't found the right maybe genre right. or audiobook for you because I think they can work for everyone. But find a narrator you like and stick, you know, you can search that narrator and then you can find the other stories yeah. that they have read or um, try a different genre and you'll find, I think you'll find they'll work for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Although this one, I'm, 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 I didn't read it and it, it's wonderful book form, but I imagine that it's just as fabulous. So can you tell us a little bit about what that one is about? Yes. So that one is in the 1950s and it is, it's two black women and they're really facing colorism and racism. And then um, they also both have, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of how to word it, like complications with motherhood. I'll say it that way. But it's one of those books where the characters, they just grab you by the heart and they just keep you from page one all the way through. Like, I cannot stop thinking about these characters. They were just so deep and so real and they touched so many parts of me that that I just I mean I was completely invested in this story so um it's it's such a good good book yeah (laughs) thank you for that I hadn't heard of it but I love the books that make me feel all the feels I'm like if I'm crying and I'm laughing oh this will give you all the feels (laughs) I I was like I'm not afraid to cry with a book so oh yeah this one will have you (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and then the next one is the little wartime library by Kate Thompson and um, and that one is actually based off of the real libraries that were underground in the um, in a tube station that wasn't completed yet that was um, was running while the Blitz was going on in London. And I had no idea that they even had a library down in this tube station. And it was just really really amazing. It was really well done. Yeah. So were they bringing books down there to save them or this was already pre-existing as a library when the Blitz started? They actually created the library down there because they had a whole like living area down there and the library was part of the living down there and they had like bedtime stories for kids and and it really was just uh, it just it was a really, really heartwarming read. People who love books about books will definitely love this one. <laughs> Myself <right>. included. <laughs> Noted. Added to the TBR. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then what is the last book today? So I love a good thriller. And this one definitely hit the mark for me. And that is The Guest List by Lucy Foley. This was one of those where I, because um, I love reading a physical book. I think it's because it's so rare that I get to just sit down and like smell it and like hold it and feel that <laughs> you can feel the weight of the page as you turn and it's just wonderful. Um, a total different it, book love, right? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like it, it literally like it is page turning, you know, and this book had me turning the pages constantly. I, you know, it takes me a while sometimes to be able to read a physical book just because I don't have very much time. I read this book in like a day and a half. It was so good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You had to know what happened. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. It's like, I was like cooking dinner literally (laughs) with a book in one hand and my spoon in the other. (laughs) Yeah. I read this last fall or last summer, I believe. And it definitely had me guessing until the end as well. It didn't I couldn't put it all together, which I really enjoy books like that, where yes. I'm still piecing it together. I'm still guessing as the story is going on. So it's a great yeah, And then like afterwards, like you like go back and you like look through it and be like, oh yeah, I see that, you know, where that happened. And you know, it's, it's, yeah, she did such a great job on that one. <laughs> yeah. Is your family or your daughter's readers as well? Um, my oldest does a lot of reading on like Wattpad, which I mean, this makes me feel really old, but like, I, I don't even it, know what that is. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think it's like fanfic maybe, but she she does a lot of reading there. And I always tell her, if you ever want me to buy you a book, like, just let me know. And she's like, oh, I'm good with this. And then my youngest sadly is not much of a reader, but I'm hoping to convert her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's such a hard fight these days with the electronics. It really, really is. It's sad, honestly. Yeah. I think even for us adults too, right? I have to sometimes like toss the phone, like not the mindless <laughs> scrolling and be like, nope, I'm going to go sit in this chair, pick up the book and. Right. Yeah, yeah. You get stuck in that TikTok stream and your brain like just like goes on autopilot, like one video after another. And it's like, I could be reading. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just wondering if you're, you have influenced them, but I, I can totally see where electronics, we, I mean, we didn't have that growing up. So it's, I see today where it's such a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, great. So I'll recap the books real quick. And so that was The House of Eve by Sadiqwa Johnson. And then we have The Little Wartime Library by Kate Thompson. And then the last one was The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Right. So I have just a few questions left. These are I call our bonus pairings. And they're more of a speed round of questions. So are you a rereader? Um, sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am sometimes a rereader. Um, but usually it's like, it has to be a couple of years since I read the book so that it feels new again, because my memory is horrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I need to go through all the Harry Potter books. That's one of the ones that's been on my to reread list. So <laughs> yeah. I, speaking of book clubs, the book club I'm in, we, we read quite a few classics in our year that we read our yeah. books. And for me, it's been fun. We actually reread Anne of Green Gables recently. Well, I reread it because I read it as a kid. And then I just reread it for book club in this past year. And I totally identified with different characters Yeah. this time around. And so I could see where putting in that space of time would help, right? Right. Absolutely. Because you're going to identify differently or even To Kill a Mockingbird. I totally identified with Atticus this, when I read it as an adult and as a parent. Yeah, well, and- yeah. and that's one of the things like I, I do love rereading classics because I feel like I read so many of them when I was in high school and college and a little bit afterwards, you know, before I had kids and I had all this time. Yeah. Um, and so rereading them again, you know, especially after these life experiences, it really does change your perspective. It's like getting to see it in a whole new light. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always considered myself not a rereader either, but... Now that I've done a little bit more of it, I'm like, I think I need to take that little categorization off. (laughs) Okay, well, and I think you've already answered this one. Do you prefer audio or hard copy books? No, I actually prefer hard copy, but I just, I do audio by product of my limited time. (laughs) Yes, I understand that. (laughs) What is one book you have read that has changed your life? Um, You know what? I think... For me, well, I guess I, I would have to say like when I was a little girl, Laura Ingalls Wilder, because I feel like that really is the book that made me tip head over heels in love with historical fiction. Um, and then as an adult, um, Big Magic, is that what it was called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By Elizabeth Gilbert, I think mm-hmm. is her name. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one is one that every time I start to feel like a little bit burned out from my writing, I can read that book. And it just really inspires me to, as she says, have a love affair with my art again, and just lose myself in the joy of writing and creating again. Oh, that's great. I'm laughing as you were talking about Laura Ingalls Wilder, because I legit wanted to go live out on the plains and like be a <laughs> pioneer woman, which would be, was such a hard life. But my seven year old self. Oh, I know. But then 
I was totally in for it too. So we actually, in Germany, we had this huge backyard. Um, the, the landlords had like this amazing garden and everything. So my mom bought me a calico print dress and a bonnet. And I ran around barefoot all day, like Laura. And I like was like living in her head. And at one time I even, my mom, um, I, I put maple syrup all in the freezer because I wanted to make the maple candy. Spoiler alert, yeah. it never gets hard. <laughs> So she had to scrape all of this like gummy syrup out of the freezer and she was like, never do this again. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was thinking you did it in a tray, oh, no. like a pan. And you know like how like, the freezer gets like the frost on it? I literally poured it yeah. like in little squiggles so it'd be pretty, oh but of course gosh. it just like, oh, it was a mess. It was horrible. <laughs> and on the frost too. I just imagine that. I know. <laughs> I'm sure the thing was sticky. It's probably, if it's in existence still, it's probably still sticky. <laughs> I know. And your mom was probably like, what is my life? There's been quite a few moments of motherhood where I'm like, what is my life right, right now? I never envisioned this in my journey, but here I yeah. am. <laughs> exactly. Cleaning maple candy <laughs> off the freezer. <laughs> oh, well, I love that. What? And last question here, what are you reading next? So um, I'm actually getting ready to listen to Thank you for listening um, by uh, Julia Whalen, which um, I, we did super book together in San Diego, actually. And um, and she read a little snippet from it. And I was laughing out loud at the little snippet. It sounds like such a laugh out loud, fun comedy. And next on my to do to read list is Christine Wells, A Royal Windsor Secret. And this is an arc. So this one is going to be coming out later. And um, okay. yeah, so that's next on my to physical read list. <laughs> Oh, that's I'm looking forward. Listeners, Julia Whalen is a really great audiobook narrator if you haven't read anything by her. So that's a great name to look up if you're new to the world of audiobooks. Yes, she is an amazing narrator. So, And I also have to give some props to my narrator, um, who's Saskia Marleveld. So I have to, if, if I can tell a quick little story about that. So I, um, when I first had the last bookshop in London, I got a list of narrators and they said, or you can suggest someone. So I listened to the narrators and I thought, but nobody's as good as Saskia. Like I, as an audiobook listener, love, love, love Saskia Marleveld. So, um, so I replied back and I said, do you think maybe like Saskia Marleveld might be able to narrate this? And I felt like I was asking for Jennifer Aniston to play me in like a light movie, you know, because for, and she's like, she's just so big for me. And they said, yes. And, um, and I think they heard me screaming all the way in New York because I was so, oh. so, so excited. And so she's actually narrated all three of my audiobooks. Well, I guess the third one is coming soon, the, um, the Keeper of Hidden Books, but she'll be doing that one as well. And it, yeah. I'm like over the moon that Saskia Marleveld narrates my audiobooks. <laughs> I love that. And I'm actually glad you brought that up because I've been wondering that, like, as the author, how does that work? Do you get to pick the narrator or, and you have the privy of listening to a lot of audiobooks, So you had a, probably a step oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> having heard a lot of these. Well, and I can appreciate that because I have to admit when you said you would come on the podcast, I did a little oh, bit of that course. moment too. Thank you. <laughs> so I like message my two girlfriends that are my hype girls. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys. Aww, so I had you. a moment. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I mean, honestly, this really has just been so incredibly wonderful. I'm, I'm so grateful to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Madeline Martin and I in our discussion today. 
I hope you enjoyed her book flight of books that linger with you long after you've read them. We'd love to hear what other books you would pair with this book flight at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.